If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. And welcome to First Strike, First Look here on VEASAN. Dave Ross alongside Britton Hess as we break down this weekend's card. Britton, great to have you back in the program, my friend. We've looked ahead to Alexa Grasso against Viviani Araujo in the main event here. And I've noticed as fight week has gone on, we all had a week off from the UFC last week. We're back in business now. This number is ticked up now. Alexa Grasso here now a minus 215 betting favorite on a Tuesday. What do you make of the line move and what do you make of the main event on Saturday night? Uh, I think it's maybe just a younger fighter, Steam. You know, maybe a little bit more UFC hype behind Grasso. Viviana Rujo is 35, been around a little bit, has been in like eight consecutive decision fights. So I don't think that there's a lot of hype behind her. And, um, We've got Grasso coming off a submission win versus a popular fighter in Joanne Wood. So I think that might affect it. But spoiler alert, I think this line's getting a little bit inflated at this point. Ooh, so you think there might be a live dog scenario here. I'm looking at the total, of course, as we see in most women's fights. Britain, you know this very well. Uh, it is over four and a half rounds, juiced heavily to minus 220. So you mentioned Grasso coming off that impressive sub to get the win her last time out against Joanna Wood. What do you make now of that total plus money here, plus $1.80, if you like this fight to, to uh, end inside of four and a half rounds? Uh, I think that four and a half, it makes sense. You know, like I said, Arujo's been in like eight consecutive decisions, and that sub was the first sub in Grasso's career, I believe. So it's not like she does that all the time. You know, she's got nine decision victories in her, out of her 14. Uh, and, you know, whoever losses were decisions as well. The one thing that gives me a little bit of a reservation though, about that total being four and a half and so heavily juiced to the over is that neither of these women have fought five round fights before. It's the biggest stage they've ever been on. They've never, you know, fought like title fights like this. Uh, they're the main event. You know, if you look at the names under on the undercard, it's like, wait, why are why are why is this the big one? Uh, just because they're not particularly exciting fighters and they're not particularly huge names. But that said, if the card is the uh, UFC just makes the card, we analyze them. So we'll go from there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Britain. Again, kind of as we try to think of pathways to victory here, we know Araujo would like to get this fight down to the ground, but we know that Grasso, as we mentioned with that win over Joanna Wood, not necessarily uh, deficient if this fight does go down to the ground. How do you see this fight playing out? Do you think it becomes Grasso trying to use the hands, or do you think we might see some rolling around the mat here and some mission attempts? I think that they're going to try to stay up, honestly. Well, and I think that when they do go down, it'll be a lot of stalemates. So if the judges are or the ref is active, they'll be standing them back up. I mean, like I said, you know, Arujo has four subs in her career. She's got three KOs. So she's, you know, that's kind of a lot of subs for uh, or finishes for a 125 pound woman. 
Um, but that said, I think that just level of competition, she's not going to get clean shots probably on Grasso. Uh, and I don't think either one of them is really going to be able to make too much happen on the ground. Because like I said, neither of them are huge, like amazing aces. I said Arujo has four subs, but she hasn't had one in a while. I mean, her last one was in 2017, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so and that obviously since then her level of competition has gone up as well. So, you know, I, but like I said, I think that, you know, the, the no brainer is like, oh, throw over four and a half in a parlay of minus 220, get that juice down. But I guess when people aren't experienced in these situations, you know, things can get a little bit weird. And, you know, we talked about it when um, Sandhagen fought, uh, you know, fought a few weeks ago mm -hmm. against, um, oh my gosh, how am I remembering it or forgetting his name? <laughs> <laughs> um, was it Song Yudong? Um, exactly. Yeah. When he fought Song Yudong, I, you know, and I, I said on the show that, you know, Yudong hasn't really been in this situation before. He might guess out, and he got the the judges stopped it in the fourth round because he didn't know really how to manage his damage he was taking, and he took too much. And the the doctor said, "No, you're done." Um, before they got the fifth round, the under hit. I, I mean, I think these women are a little bit more experienced. They probably won't get in that situation. Um, but that said, you know, they do both have finishes in their career, and like I said, they've never fought the full 25. So anything is That's possible. Good. Exactly. In a main event for women not used to going all five rounds, even though it's juiced heavily to the over four and a half, you never know how that does play out. So if you like it inside the, the distance, that could shorten some of the price tags, certainly on the favorite cross up minus 215. Uh, in the co-main event of the evening, Britain, we got a very, very interesting one with Cub back into the octagon. Everybody loves to watch Cub Swanson fight, but he's a sizable underdog against Jonathan Martinez here, plus $1.75, Martinez minus 205. Does the old man have one great fight la left in him? Yeah, I think the UFC did Cub a favor in scheduling Martinez, not because Martinez isn't really good, but Martinez isn't necessarily a brutal finisher. One punch KO power. His KO finishes have come in flurries, you know, with TKOs where, you know, the, the guy gets injured and then he just keeps on, you know, peppering him until the ref steps in. Um, so I think that's good because Cub at his age, you know, taking a big strike is, you know, can be fatal for the fight. Um, but that said, I love Jonathan Martinez. Just he's one of the most fun fighters to watch when he fights. It's like he's in the gym, like instruction videos. He's so clean with all of his techniques, you know, kicks, punches, movement. Uh, he just really understands, you know, what he's doing. And like I said, he's not like overly powerful. So he has to compensate with that with, for that with technique. Uh, th but that said, you know, since he's probably not going to be knocking over Cub, knocking Cubs Swanson out early, he's going to have to deal with Cubs creative strikes, which is not easy for anybody. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to this fight. I mean, I kind of wish it was the main event just because yeah. five rounds of this would be a fun one because uh, I don't necessarily see a super fast finish in this one unless something fluky happens. Uh, but that said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. Uh, and I, I would probably say it goes the distance and I would lean to Jonathan Martinez via uh, decision. And they're uh, over two and a half. It's a little bit priced, uh, a little bit more favorably than, than the main event. Minus $1.60 if you do think that it's going to go over uh, two and a half rounds and you like this fight potentially to go the distance so you can see why uh, there could be some value there. The under, by the way, plus $1.30 if we get a stoppage inside of two and a half rounds. All right, let's keep going down. You look at Askar Askarov here against Brandon Royval. This is a very intriguing matchup as well. We know how creative Royval can be. We know what Askarov wants to do, and that's wrestle. How do you see this one playing out? Askarov right now, a big favorite, minus 240. The comeback on Royval, plus $2. Uh, well, it's actually a really interesting matchup. Good job to the, mat uh, the UFC matchmakers on this one, because Royval is one of the most exciting fighters. He's got finishes from the feet. He's got the craziest jujitsu moves. He, you have him, you know, planted on his back, and all of a sudden, the ankle is coming up around your throat, and you're trying to figure out what to do. And Askar Askarov just wants to take you down. You know, he wants yes. to take you down and lean on you. He's a, kind of that stereotypical Russian fighter who um, wants to control you on the mat as long as possible, as much as possible, and land some ground and pound here, but not necessarily devastating blows for the KO. Uh, and I think that 
because of his style. I think that actually leaves Royville live in this as a plus two dollar or underdog, uh, just because he he can do so many weird things. He's so long for the weight class, uh, mm -hmm. and you know if Askarov thinks that he's going to be able to plant him on it on the ground and hold him there for fifteen minutes, he's mistaken. My one concern is Royville always gets hurt because he is always doing all this crazy stuff, and their shoulders are coming, you know, coming out of their socket. Yeah. Uh, you know, he eats a lot of punches to land a takedown, or you know, he he's one of the wildest fighters out there. But uh, I think that he actually has a shot in this. You know, we remember Askar Askarov's last fight was against Kaikara France, and I actually leaned for Askarov because I didn't think Kaikara France's wrestling defense was good enough to avoid um, to avoid getting taken down. I was totally wrong. You know, what they've been doing at City Kickboxing is super impressive. Uh, you know, he, he's definitely learned from Volkanovsky and, uh, and a uh, style bender in that regard. But that's, this is a totally different fight. Like I said, Roy Bell will, will strike to try to set up a takedown to try to get in in a clinch and try to do some weird, weird, weird submission attempts. Um, and I think that, you know, once again, like Kaikar France impressed me that he didn't get taken down. Roy Bell will say, take me down. I dare you. <laughs> you know, it'll be just one of those fights. No doubt. And by the way, over two and a half rounds is minus dollar forty on this one. The under there plus a dollar ten. So again, if Askarov has his way, gets him down to the mat, uh, that might not be as easy to to hold him down. A guy like Brandon Royval for fifteen minutes. So that over, not just that heavily at minus a dollar forty here for over two and a half rounds. Let's keep going down to the main card. Jordan Wright against Duska Todorovic here. Todorovic over a two dollar betting favorite. Jordan Wright plus a dollar seventy five in the comeback here. Any upset potential in this matchup? A hundred percent because Jordan Wright is the crazy what like you know what Royville is the crazy uh, jujitsu guy. Roy, or Jordan Wright is trying you know his nickname is Beverly Hills Ninja. He tries to land, land kung fu moves like he's in the movie Beverly Hills Ninja. You know he, right. he's out there throwing spinning kicks, elbows, Superman punches, anything possible. And he eats a lot of shots because he has no defense. Um, you know, he's got the most legendary pre-UFC record. If I'm not mistaken, his opponents before he entered the UFC had a combined record of about 3-35. and 35. So he had all these highlights against, you know, kind of cans out there. But, you know, he did he did get a KO in the UFC. He's almost knocked out a few people. His Joe Queen mm -hmm. um, Buckley fight was one of the most, you know, wild Man. things we've ever seen. Uh, you know, and even Mark Andre Burial, he landed a few, but he got taken down and got submitted in that one. So Dusko Todorovic is also a really good striker. He's not necessarily a submission wrestler, uh, and he doesn't really have the power that Jordan Wright does. You know, I, th I mean, he 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 if he gets a KO, it's probably going to be via attrition, not kind of a one punch thing. Um, you know, I, I mean, Todorovic is one and three in his last four. He did beat Maki Potolo at the end of the first round, but Maki Potolo is not necessarily the greatest. And also, I think that was a little bit of a back and forth fight before then. Um, I think that maybe Todorovic tries to take him down just to stop, you know, the, the crazy flurry on the feet. And I think that, you know, I, I don't know what the odds are offhand. I don't know if they're up yet, but I do think that this is a fight that ends via KO. I don't know who one of them well, is probably going to get KO'd. Oh, to your point here, how about this? The under right now for one and a half rounds, of this potential three round fight, it's juiced to the under minus 210. So, Britain, you don't see that very often. Over a round and a half is plus $1.70. So, as you mentioned, it feels like somebody's going out. Is it the Beverly Hills Ninja? Is it Jodorovic who's going to be able to get the stoppage here? But the odds makers out here in Las Vegas are saying, if you think this fight's going to go over, what, you know, seven and a half minutes, you can get good solid plus money at plus $1.70. You're playing the under. Do you think that's that's why it's such a, a big favorite here, minus 210, under a round and a half? Uh, the only way it doesn't get happen is if Todorovic managed to get right down and kind of hold him there. But I mean, the thing is, is that Wright doesn't really have too great of jujitsu defense anyway. So you know, maybe he gets submitted even if he does get taken down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing is though, uh, in 16 pro fights, 
Jordan Wright has made it to the second round twice. One ended 18 seconds into the second round. The other one ended 48 seconds into the second round. So he doesn't really go very far, regardless of whose opponent is. He's fought guys that are decision fighters, and guess what? He's like, no, we're not, we're not going deep. That's not my style. So it's, it's kill or be killed pretty much yep. from the get-go with him in there. Uh, you know, he's, right. like, he's super fun. Not necessarily the greatest, most technical guy, but he's always going for the highlights. So at least uh, <laughs> the UFC is getting their money worth there. No question about it. Uh, the final card uh, fight on the on the main card here is uh, Misha Serkinov against Alonzo Menafield here. Menafield over a $2 betting favorite. Do you think this one is priced accordingly? It's kind of high, but at the same time, you know, Serkunov has been trying to find success. He's been going down to 185, back at 205 for this fight. Um, I think that he's on the wrong end of uh, his career. You know, I think he, he's 35, 37, mm -hmm. getting up there in age. Um, and, you know, he's been KO'd a good bit uh, lately. I think Menafield has a lot of power. I think Menafield should be able to finish him. Um, and I leaned, I just, I mean, I think Menafield just kind of on the, the Menafield has still has a little bit more meat on the bone in his career than Sirkunov as it does at this point. And Menafield, by the way, the uh, under juiced a little bit, minus a dollar 25 for under a round and a half. So I think uh, people are thinking like you, Britton, that this fight could be Menafield earlier rather than later. If you like the over a round and a half, that's a minus a dollar fight. Any fight in the prelims, Britton, here on a Tuesday here, first strike, first look that you think uh, maybe changes before we have the conversation on first strike on Friday? Uh, any number that stands out to you? Uh, Tetsuo Taira, the Japanese fighter, he's young. He's like 24. He's you know, 11 and 0, and he's a big favorite. I think he's a good mm -hmm. parlay piece. I think that he's really good, and he could be a title contender one day. Uh, you know, he he you kind of uh, what did his UFC beak last week or last time out against Carlos Candelero? I think there was a little bit of people thinking, ah, Tyra hasn't proved against anyone with a pulse. Let's take the underdog, and it was a pretty one-sided decision outside of the fact I think Tyra tired a little bit at the end. Um, so as long as Tyra kind of is learning and advancing, I think he should be able to beat CJ Vergara. Not saying Vergara is not a a dangerous and impressive fighter. I just think Tyra is kind of one of those guys that we're going to see in main events, not uh, not too far down the line. Yeah, Tatsuo, uh, right now, Tyra is minus 230. Uh, Vergara right now on the comeback, plus $1.95. But I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I like where your head's at. Hey, Britton, really appreciate you breaking it down with your expertise here. First strike, first look. And again, everybody, do not forget, we're back for the full hour. First strike on Visa on Friday, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.